Welcome back to the Benny Fit Podcast, episode number two. Coming to you on a weekly basis and hope you've all had an opportunity to listen to episode number one, which was all about busting those fitness industry myths. If you haven't had a chance to, to have a listen, please, please do. Um, and yeah, if you want to give us a like, subscribe and, and give me a review, I'd absolutely love that. So thank you very much in advance for everyone who's listened and, and everyone who, who tunes in now. And if you want to share this on your socials and tag me in them, you can do so. My handles are at Ben Howard Fitness on Instagram, Facebook. That's Ben Howard Fitness, all one word. So what is episode two all going to be about? Well, one of those myths that I busted in the first episode was the notion that you can target specific areas for the purpose of losing body fat. So what I thought I would delve into in this episode is just how it is that you do achieve leaner body parts. And what I want to do is just break down this process into some relatively simple steps and what I don't want you to do is get this confused. When I say the steps are simple, that doesn't mean the process is easy. And the reason I say that is because I don't want you to get those two things mixed up. Like there will be times if you're trying to get yourself lean and you know lean to the point where you're seeing a lot of definition in various parts of your body, the process, while the process is simple, getting there can be difficult and and I'll touch on that a little bit more as I dive in but let me just start by outlining what those steps are and then I will dig a little bit deeper into each of them and, and give you some actionable steps as we go so as a process as I say a relatively simple process for getting lean and that that process starts with creating a calorie deficit for those of you that don't know what a calorie deficit is Essentially, a calorie is a unit of energy and we have an energy balance equation where calories in, the food, the drink, everything that you take into your body is on one side and energy out is on the other side. So, you know, your training, your day-to-day movements, the energy your body uses simply to stay alive. You've got these two sides of a seesaw. The more you tip one way or the other is going to impact whether you're going to gain weight, lose weight, maintain. So what we're trying to do is tip that balance in the favor of energy out being greater than energy in. So we're effectively trying to create this this, this process in our bodies where our body is expending more energy than we give it. And therefore to make up that difference, it's gonna tap into those stored reserves, those stored body fat reserves are what your body's gonna tap into for the purpose of essentially making up that energy difference because it still needs to meet its energy demands, but it's gonna do that through its stores rather than through the food that you're taking in like on a day-to-day basis. So the creation in the first place of a calorie deficit, that is step number one. That calorie deficit needs to be sustainable because the last thing you want to do is create this huge calorie deficit from the get-go that means that you're tired, you're hungry, you're irritable, and essentially setting yourself up to fail because the greater that deficit is initially, your body will adapt relatively quickly to what it is that you give it and, and what it is that you're, you're doing you know, outside as well. So 
the food that you give, the training, the general activity and stuff that you go through, once your body adapts to that, that's why that calorie deficit also needs to be progressed. That's something I think that people often get confused. You know, people will, you'll set, set yourself up initially to say, right, well, my, my estimated maintenance calories are 2000 calories a day. I'm immediately gonna drop my, my daily calorie intake down to 1500 calories. And at the same time, I'm gonna go and do an hour of cardio every single day. Now, what you're doing there, while you might see progress initially, over the course of a few weeks, possibly even a few months, your body will start to adapt to that. Your body will start to adapt to that amount of food coming in and that amount of expenditure going out. You know, it gets more efficient at those processes. It gets more efficient with what you're giving it. At that point, you'll plateau. And that's where people can get confused because they think, well, but, but this deficit's been working for me for the past, you know, two, four, six, eight, ten weeks. Why isn't it working now? And it, it just causes this mass confusion where people just completely misunderstand what that process is doing. So it's basically your body adapting, your body adapting to what you're, you're giving it and, and also what you're putting it through. So when I say that calorie deficit needs to be progressed, that's also why I would advise you that you effectively that you you find your maintenance level because again you know all of these online calculators and stuff ultimately they're all guesses they're all estimates of where they would pitch your maintenance level at based on a very limited amount of information that you give them and if you just take that as red you just sort of take that number as red and then you know the minute you say well i want to i want to be in a calorie deficit and i want to lose x number of pounds per week those online calculators are just gonna like give you this massive deficit. You know, they're they're not giving you any information about how you it's not just food that that you have as a tool. You've also got all of the output side that it isn't taking account of at all. It's only considering the input side. And it's also setting yourself setting you up to to struggle in the future because as I just said, you know, once you've once your body adapts to that level of calories you're gonna to start to run into problems. You know, you're either gonna to have to reduce those calories further and very quickly you'll find yourself not eating a great deal or you need to increase that output side. And if you're already, you know, doing an hour's cardio a day, training five days a week, doing 12,000 steps a day, have you actually got any time left to, to increase things? You know, can you do that because your lifestyle doesn't allow you to do that? So. All of these factors need to be considered when you're setting things up initially, how you create that deficit, the increments that you make that deficit in, where you create it, whether it's the output side, the input side, a combination of both. So that initial setup is so, so important. And you know, it's, it's why I've just spent a good five minutes talking about it because getting that right in the first place is gonna set you up for success. And if you don't set yourself up for success, you'll quickly run into problems, you'll quickly hit those plateaus, you'll get super, super frustrated and you just won't know what to do. So essentially the, the, the sort of the first step, I guess, should actually be like setting yourself up for success, finding maintenance, getting your body used to a, a decent level of food. And also, you know, from, from like an output side of things, almost what you want to think about is like minimal effective dose. So, you know, 
food high, output low, and then you've got a huge range there to play with to be able to progress things when you need. So that's the sort of first step. Um, only progressing that deficit when you need to is the second step. So again, another myth that I busted in, in that first episode was that you have to reduce your calories every single week to progress. You don't. One, because I've just said that calories in is only one part of that equation. So you've also got all of the output side, but you only need to progress things when things no longer work. You know, like let your body adapt to what you've done. Let your body adapt to those changes. And, and you know, that th those changes could be effective for two, three, four weeks at a time or even longer, you know, and, and if you keep making changes every single week, again, you're going to find yourself in that position where you're eating next to nothing, your output super high, and you just run into problems that don't need to be there. So make a change, let your body adjust to it over a period of time, when you've genuinely plateaued, you know, and when that plateau has been there for like a two or three weeks, say, at that point, you might then want to consider making a change, but don't make those changes too soon and don't make them too large when you do make them. You know, incremental changes over time are going to enable you to, to like prolong that phase and, and also enjoy it more. You know, like the, the more food that you're having to eat, the, the less sort of output that, that you're having to do over time. And that's going to make a big, big difference to you, like how much you enjoy that process. So yeah, second step, or, or I should say third. First step we're going to say is fine maintenance. Second step, create that deficit. Third step, progress that deficit only when required. Step number four, consume adequate protein. And protein requirement will vary person to person. Um, but generally speaking, like most of the research, most of the data will support a higher protein diet as being more beneficial when it comes to fat loss. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Like protein is the, the macronutrient that your body needs to protect and, and even to an extent build muscle tissue in that deficit. So if you're giving your body adequate protein, and adequate is, again, a fairly subjective word, but adequate in, in terms of like us being lifters, us being weightlifters, us not being like everyday individuals that don't do this. Adequate for someone who is actively trying to gain muscle tissue is going to be very different to someone who has no desire to do that at all. So adequate protein, I, I would be looking at somewhere around about like 1.6 times your so in grams 1.6 times your lean body mass and the reason i say lean body mass and again this is where some of those online calculators do things a bit differently and, and in a way that i don't necessarily fully agree with a lot of those online calculators will base the number that they give you on total body weight the problem with that, in my opinion, is that you could have two, two people who weigh exactly the same. You could have two men who are both 200 pounds. If you base their, their calorie and their macro requirements on their total body weight, they would be consuming exactly the same thing. Now, what that doesn't take account of is body composition. 
if one of those gentlemen happens to be 10% body fat and the other one happens to be 40% body fat, their lean tissue is much, much different and is having them eating exactly the same thing likely to give them the most efficient outcome? Probably not. So again, that's why I would generally be looking at lean, lean mass, fat-free mass rather than overall body weight. Um, so, and, and as I say, I'd be looking at somewhere around about 1.6 times lean body mass in pounds to give you the gram equivalent in protein. So adequate protein, as I say, protect that muscle mass and, and you know, even build it because you, you can build tissue in a, in a deficit. There are circumstances around that, which I'll go into probably on another episode, but um, you know, don't be fooled into thinking that, that you can't build tissue in a deficit. It's, it may not be optimal, but, but it is possible. So there we go, maintenance, create that calorie deficit, progress that deficit, consume adequate protein. Continued focus on weight training is the step number five in the process. So the best way to burn body fat is to build muscle. Lean muscle tissue requires more energy at, even at rest than fat tissue. Your body uses more energy holding muscle tissue form than it does fat tissue. So just by having more muscle mass, your body at rest will expend more calories. So that's one reason behind the continued focus on weight training, but also because of the energy demands that occur, not necessarily during the training, because I think you know people probably wildly overestimate how many calories they actually burn during a training session, largely due to the inaccuracy of things like the wearables, Fitbits and, and iWatches and stuff. But what, what will happen is after you've weight trained, the processes of recovery that then happen, repair, recovery, growth, those continue to be in effect. Like there's still an energy demand for those recovery processes, you know, for, for 24 to 72 hours afterwards. So you're going to get that continued energy expenditure, even, you know, up to like two or three days after you've trained. And that's going to continue to, to expend energy, as I say. So Continued focus on weight training is really, really key. You know, don't sacrifice your weight training for the purpose of cardio. Cardio is, is to be used as a tool, which is the next step in the process. Like use cardio as a way to, to increase that, that energy output, but use it wisely. And, and as I say, you're best off starting low and giving yourself room to progress that over time then going straight in with a really high dose of cardio and then struggling to progress that because you just simply don't have enough time in the day. So fine maintenance, step number one, creating that calorie deficit, step number two, progressing that calorie deficit, step number three, consuming adequate protein, step number four, Continue focusing on weight training, step number five, and using cardio very much as a tool, step number six. The final step, which in some ways is probably the most important step, and the one that I think a lot of people will, not necessarily that they won't do, but I think it's something that probably causes frustration and people getting into that sort of yo-yoing cycle. So the final step is to be consistent. And I can't emphasize just how important that is. You know, you need to be consistent with the process that you put in place, 
consistent with your training, consistent with your output, consistent with your input. Like if without that consistency, it's very, very difficult to, to monitor and assess where you're at, to monitor and assess where your body's at, to monitor and assess where changes need to be made. Because if you just take a situation, for example, and like where you are, like you, you don't really track your, your calories at all. So throughout the course of a week or a month, you know, you could have one day where you, you know, you're just very, very busy or whatever. And you, you might, without even realizing, you've eaten a thousand calories that day. And then the next day you might go and have, you know, a, a big blowout takeaway. And before you know it, you've eaten 6,000 calories. And then the day after you might have a fairly steady day at 2000 and then it could be 4000 another thousand day a 7000 like if you're not consistent with that process how do you know what to change it's very 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 difficult so the consistency with the nutrition is is one thing but also with everything else you know again if if you're if your sort of general output, for example, is is very very sporadic, you know, and and one one week you might average ten thousand steps a day, whereas the next week it could be twenty, the week after it could be three thousand. Like again, the the lack of consistency in things can make it very very difficult to to just know where your body's at and how it's responding and what therefore needs to change. So consistency as a factor is so important and i think that's also where you know as i mentioned before like where people can run into a little bit of trouble sometimes is that they they create this huge deficit initially and it works for a period of time and then when it stops working and they just don't really know what to do they they the consistency disappears because they just get themselves into this sort of way of thinking where where it's just like oh well well this isn't working anymore so i need this total overhaul of everything that i'm doing again whereas if they'd have just been consistently applying the principles that i've just outlined above that process can carry on for a relatively long like long period of time and you know yes we you know we would start to think about like how long exactly that process has been going on how that person's feeling how their mood their energy etc etc is but it's the consistency over the long period consistency over the long term that is where you're going to see the most the most results the most sustainable results and you're also going to create habits that way you know like habits don't happen overnight you need to consistently apply these things you need to consistently do these things to create those habits so consistency i really can't emphasize just how important consistency is for pretty much anything in your life you know if you want to achieve success in any area of life you need to be consistent you need to consistently apply yourself you need to consistently progress that is the only way to achieve greatness so don't like don't sort of get into this this cycle of like being really sporadic with things you know going 100% all in for a week and then being like for, just 
10% accurate for, for the next three weeks and then all of a sudden you get this this spark of something and you're, you're bang on it 100% for another couple of weeks and then another six weeks where you've you just sacked it all off. That just isn't going to get you where you want to be. Be consistent and apply these principles. So just to, to finish on a, a nice little summary of those principles again, find your maintenance start your food high and your output relatively low create that deficit and remember that doesn't just mean reduction in food that can mean increase in output combination of the two progress that deficit only when required so don't make changes too soon and don't make those changes too great when you do make them consume adequate protein continue to focus on your weight training use cardio very much as a tool and be consistent, be consistent, be consistent. Hope you've enjoyed this one, guys. Any questions at all, please, please do feel to, to get in touch. You can get in touch with me on any of my socials, as I say, at Ben Howard Fitness, or send me an email, ben at Ben Howard Fitness. Any and all questions, I am very, very open to, and if anyone's got any, any awesome podcast questions or topics that they'd like me to discuss on future episodes, please feel free to drop those across too. But uh, otherwise, have an absolutely amazing weekend, guys, and I look forward to speaking with you all very, very soon. This has been episode number two of the Ben E Fit podcast. Thanks, guys.